0: Welcome back to another episode of The Jacob Johnson Show. So yes, if you have been paying attention to the stock market, then you know exactly what's going on as it relates to GameStop and a couple other stocks. If you don't know because you've been under a bridge, here's a brief summary. A bunch of hedge funds decided, hey, we're going to short sell some stocks that we believe are overvalued. So we're going to borrow some stocks from you and we're going to pay it back with interest. Okay, now we have some stocks worth about five dollars a share let's go ahead and sell that on the market for $5. And we're going to buy it back in about a month or two for $3 a share and or $2 a share. You know, we'll make about $3. So when we give the stock back to the person we borrowed it from, and and give it back to them with interest, we'll still come out about $2 a share in profit. Well, some people on social media decided, hey, you know what, we're going to get one over on these hedge funds we're going to take a look at the stocks that they are short selling, and we're going to implement a short squeeze. Hey, we know this stock is overvalued as it is, but if we all go in, we can pump up the value of that stock. We can pump up the price. So therefore, in order for them to execute their contract, they have to buy it back from us. But while they sold it to us at $5 a share, they have to buy it back from us at, well, right now, just about $200 a share or close to $300 a share. And so Wall Street is losing billions of dollars as a result, and it's going towards the average person. And so here's how some of that is playing out in the media. And Wall Street is losing its mind, and Wall Street now wants to change the rules of the game because a bunch of people with accounts ranging from $500 to $2,500 are taking down the billionaires.
1: It is a rebellion between Wall Street and internet traders. So you've got these smaller retail investors that often use apps like Robinhood and TD Ameritrade that are fighting big institutional investors like hedge funds that are betting stocks will fall. And you've got companies like GameStop that are caught right in the middle. So let's focus on GameStop because everyone's talking about it. Just last year alone in April, the share price was well below three bucks. The company has been falling over the last few years because not as many people are going into stores to buy video games. You can buy a lot of that online. Hedge funds noticed this downward trend and they decided, hey, let's short GameStop and bet the stock will fall so they can make some money. You had the retail investors, these guys that are on Reddit forums, on TikTok, these smaller players, they saw what the hedge fund guys were doing and decided, hey, let's buy GameStop to
0: push the price up. Now, that is just one of the many reactions that we have seen going forward on this. It's the David versus the Goliath and David is winning. Then you have the other side of the people saying, hey, this is really, really bad. It goes off and shows, you know, that we are damaging, you know, uh, the uh, confidence and the stock market. And hey, we need to go ahead and we need to stop this. And then you have the other people go, hey, yeah, this is kind of bad, but it's also really, really funny. But let's actually go ahead and put this in much greater context here, because while, yes, this is funny, And yes, it feels, you know, kind of good seeing Wall Street, you know, get their comeuppance. You know, all of this is just symptomatic of a much greater problem, a much bigger issue that is going on in the country. And that is the disparity between the top elitist and the rest of us. You know, the two tier system where one group of people get to operate with almost no rules or one set of rules, and the other side has a different set of rules that basically say, hey, you really can't do anything, and we're going to knock you down and keep you down. And it's all of this frustration that is, you know, really building up. Now, the Democrats have tried to take a look at the frustration that's going on and direct it towards targeted violence in order to use it politically against the Republicans. But let's face it, the Democrats are, by and large, the ones that are creating the huge problems in our society, the two-tier systems. And we see that all across. And we see it in their attitudes, how they really don't care, because the Democrats, and let's face it, much of the rhinos, are all about the top elitists. They don't care. They look down on the rest of us. And we could see that when John Kerry was talking about, you know, the new administration climate policies, And taking questions about the canceling of the Keystone pipeline. And what was his response? Well, you know, those laid off oil workers should just go get jobs at making solar panels, which really goes to show the complete disconnect and the complete disregard for we, the average person. First off, they're not going to be able to get jobs with those solar panels because the set of skills needed to work in the oil industry and build pipelines is not the same skills and abilities needed for solar panels. That is one people who are in the industry of making solar panels make $20,000 less. So you took away a high-paying job and you told them to take a lower-paying job, right? Secondly, it also goes off to show what the next point I'm about to make is, but I'm going to make it right now anyways, is the protectionist policies where government is being used to interfere in the market. You know, so what you see here is you got the elitists, people who may have started off from rags uh, and went to riches. They made a bunch of smart moves, built a business, made a bunch of good decisions. And then they got to the top and go, you know what? That was kind of a bit of a struggle, but I was able to do this. Maybe I knocked out a competitor while I was doing this. And holy crap, what if someone you know, finds a way to do this better than me? And then they'll take over as dominant in the market. So I better start funding some political campaigns. And then they buy a politician uh, in helping them buy their way into office. And then once they're elected, what do they do? They go to the politician and go, hey, now it's time for you to return the favor. I paid you enough to pay for your seat enough. You owe me some favors. I need some laws and regulations to be passed in order to protect me. And so what does a politician do? They go off and they implement a bunch of new laws and regulations, not because they're actually needed, not because they have any good or moral purpose, no matter how much they try to claim that there is, but rather to protect that person from competition by raising barriers to entry, financial barriers and legal barriers. So now the next person that comes in and decides they want to compete in that particular industry comes through and all of a sudden the cost of being able to get started in building a business has quadrupled from where it was with the previous person that entered that business and managed to get to the top and be successful. They all of a sudden have to hire all these people, you know, lawyers, you know, to fill out the legal paperwork and get the licenses to all the accountants for all the financial regulations, you know, all of that. And next thing you know, they go under before they're even able to get started because they don't have the money to even get started because of all the new laws and regulations that the previous person, you know, who had reached the top, paid politicians off to make. And then when you take a look at the solar panel industry, let's face it, solar panel industry is propped up by the government. That is complete interference in the market. You know, they get government contracts. So here's what happens. You know, you got somebody who made a lot of money or said, hey, you know, I'm going to make solar panels. Oh, shoot. You know, I can't make this profitable. Hey, I know I'm going to start going to the government and start asking for taxpayer money in the form of grants and, you know, all this other stuff and then they're going to prop me up, and now I'm going to make a lot of money. But their business is failing. Why? Well, because most people don't have $30,000, dollars $50,000 just sitting around to install a bunch of solar panels on their roof for the benefit of cutting their utility bills by about $50 to $100 a month. The average person would have to have those solar panels last about 30 years just for them to be able to break even on the cost. That's the you know, let's face it, solar panels are a complete flop as far as being able to get towards energy independence. But the government keeps propping up the solar panel industry and protecting them from other industries that produce energy at a much cheaper and much more affordable cost that is within everybody's budget. So they killed jobs, they took away affordable energy in order to help out another energy producing uh, company that cannot financially survive on its own, creating a product that almost nobody except for the social elitists, can afford anyways. And you wonder why there's so much frustration going on. Same thing with wind. Have you taken a look at the cost of wind? The average person can't afford that either. And so you see how the government is going in and constantly interfering with all types of, uh, or all parts of our economy. Sorry, I'm getting a little tripped up because I'm pissed off. So you see that, you know, going on and we no longer have a free market capitalist society. Instead, we just have cronyism. And as we move more and more towards cronyism and socialism, all of the pains and financial hardships uh, that are being seen is creating a bunch of anger among the people. But the Democrats think they can use that anger to their advantage by trying to blame capitalism and trying to re- blame the Republicans or conservatives, even though the pain is actually caused by our move away from capitalism. You know what and then we start seeing things like the left going around and burning down cities, engaging in domestic terrorism, demanding that the left which is causing all of their problems, get into power because they think the people causing the problems are going to solve it. And so we see here, you know, why there's so much frustration and why people are wanting to get back at Wall Street. And then, you know, we see all the other things that have gone on. You know, back in 2008, we see a bunch of people in the financial industry make a bunch of bad decisions. And what happened? They started collapsing. They were on the verge of bankruptcy. And we, the average person, the little people, had to go in with taxpayer money and bail them out, but yet when we're in financial trouble, how often do we get bailed out? Now I know, I know, you're saying, well, the coronavirus. Well, yeah, well, the government shut down the economy to begin with to prevent us from being able to go out and earn anything. So yeah, if they're not going to let us work, then they need to be able to compensate us for that. Sure, you know, you could part maybe consider that part, you know, some version of eminent domain but we see them going around and bailing out all of these big companies, all of these you know, top 1% elitists, anytime they get in financial troubles. Take a look at the auto industry as another example. And of course, they always have their excuses. They always have their reasons and claims uh, that it will benefit society, benefit the environment, benefit this, that, and the other thing. But then we also see here that the reaction to uh, by the elitists, to what's going on with GameStop and the stock market is exactly the same thing that conservatives have been warning people about as it relates to politics. So what happened? Well, the little guy, you know, the David is finally getting the Goliath is finally getting able to pull one out on Goliath and come out on top. for. But then the tech tyrants step in and they go, no, 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 no. We can't have this. No, no, no. The ruling class, you know, they're they're immune from consequences of their decisions. You know, how dare you little people feel like you can rise up and actually have a say in anything or actually have a chance at competing in an open market freely like the big guys. So what do they do? Well, the tech tyrants of the social media companies started coming in and they started shutting down all means of communication, you know, shutting them down on Reddit, Facebook, Twitter, you know, going ahead and just completely knocking them out so that they can't. Continue to communicate with each other in order to be able to take Wall Street, you know, in order to be able to take them to task. And then we see the, well, before I go on to there, you know, the tech tyrants are doing to uh, the people pulling off this, you know, huge blow to Wall Street for the little guy. They're doing to them exactly what they do to conservatives and the politics, completely censoring, shutting down, preventing them from being able to communicate organize and actually coordinate their actions in order to, you know, I guess, get one back, get back at Wall Street. And let's face it, Wall Street is doing, does all the time what these people on Reddit are doing. It's just no one shutting down their communication. Not that their communication uh, can be shut down because they have more insider access. So we see the tech tyrants going off trying to protect Wall Street like they protect the Democrat Party. And then we see them going in on Robinhood, TD Ameritrade and such, and now they're stopping trading. Now they're blocking you from being able to invest and buy more of those stocks. So now it's going to just selling in order to limit the losses on Wall Street, right? So no one can buy more stocks. So everyone's now going to be selling. The price will come down and Wall Street will not lose as much money as they otherwise would. So you got the Tech tyrants of the social media companies and now on these investing platforms teaming up to protect Wall Street, just like they go off and protect the Democrat Party. And it only goes on to show what we conservatives have been saying all along about just about the tech tyrants and about the Democrats and about the two-tiered system. Now we've talked about two-tiered system of justice. Well, we also got a two-tiered system of the economy, and it's all and the two-tiered system was created by the Democrats and the Rhinos. Because let's face it, conservatives haven't had any actual control of government since Reagan left office. And even when Reagan was in office, our control was, well, far from being in the majority. So yes, we're tired of two-tiered justice system. We're tired of a two-tiered economy. And we're tired of two-tiered political system. And we're tired of everything being rigged by the elitists against us so that we have no say, no voice, and no, you know, level playing field of having the same rules. I mean, we see this in politics all the time as well. I mean, let's take a look at what they're trying to do. Hey, you know what? The Republicans were able to get a lot of judges into the judicial branch and three Supreme Court picks. Not that they actually did anything to protect democracy or the Constitution, but hey, we got them in there. Now they're supposed to be, you know, a protection against Biden's uh, and the authoritarian uh, nature of the Democrats, but they don't like that. Hey, how dare you actually have any say in whether or not we can violate the Constitution? So, what do they do? Well, we don't like the Supreme Court. So, what are we going to do? We're going to pack the Supreme Court. We're just going to add a bunch of more justices, and that's what's going on as Biden uh, plans to study Supreme Court reform and left-wing court-packing push. Yes, you know now there's too many judges that might actually uphold the Constitution and have a one-tier justice system. The same thing for everybody, so we can't have that. So we got to pack the courts. How dare you have a say and have an equal justice system. We also see that the Democrats are trying to go forth and do other things, you know, such as, you know, they've already taken away equal representation in the House of Representatives. Yes, we've seen that. What are they doing there? Well, they've gone through and they counted illegal immigrants into the census. Then they use the population of illegal immigrants to take representation away from American citizens, and reallocate it towards representation of the population of illegal immigrants, whose presence in this country is illegal. But since illegal immigrants can't legally vote, what is the effect? Citizens, on a citizen basis, citizens in blue states have more representation per person than citizens in red states. So they rigged the House of Representatives to disenfranchise we the people from having the voice and stacking it for the elitist. We also see that they are trying to do the exact same thing when it comes to the Senate. Well, the Senate's 50-50. You know, it's harder to rig uh, the outcome of the Senate, you know, because we can't really strip citizens uh, of their representation since it's just a flat two votes or two seats per state. How are we going to do that? Oh, I have an idea. Let's go ahead and give D.C. statehood even though doing so would violate the Constitution. But violating the Constitution never seems to be an issue for the Democrats.
1: This isn't a Republican or Democratic issue. It's an American issue because the lack of fair representation for D.C. residents is clearly inconsistent with the values on which this country was founded. Your response. Well, Article 1, Section A, of the Constitution says this is clearly unconstitutional. The Constitution says that we will set aside a district that will be the seat of our government. The Democrats know this, but this is all a part of their grand play. This is just like H.R. 1, which was introduced in the House already, and then Senator Carper introduced this D.C. statehood bill in the Senate yesterday. They know it's unconstitutional, but it's part of their grand plan. They want to pass H.R. 1 to change the election rules to make it hard for Republicans to ever win again by federalizing elections and moving toward all mail-in ballots nationwide. They want to give the United States Senate two more Democrat senators. And by the time the, the Supreme Court rules that this is unconstitutional, that's when they'll pack the court. This is all part of their plan.
0: You see what I mean? They can't get anything done legitimately. So they changed the rules in their benefit in order to give themselves more power, in order to give themselves special benefits and all of that, that we, the average person, the average citizen does not get, you know, you know, it's one, it's, it's just frustrating. And of course we saw what happened in the election. They didn't like the way we, the people voted. So they just decided to change how they were going to do the elections, you know, in order to help us vote the right way. Oh, you know, you voted for Trump here. Let us fix that through the adjudication process. Hey, we don't like the fact that you plan on reelecting Trump, so we're just going to go ahead and rig it, and you know, just help you know you choose Biden instead, even though you didn't choose Biden. So, you know, we got a two-tier political system where the Democrats can run illegal and unconstitutional elections, al- along with you know the Rhino establishment, in order to ensure that we the people don't have an actual voice and the president of the united states they rigged the house of representatives using uh, the population of illegal immigrants and now with the senate they're trying to go off and they're trying to disenfranchise us by adding more states you know that they believe are going to be reliably democrat so that they can control the senate unquestionably and further eliminate our voice from government now you're going off and saying but it's dc there's american citizens dc is the nation's capital it's full of the politicians we elected to go there. you giving DC statehood is basically saying that the politicians in the House and the Senate now have representatives to represent the politicians in the House and Senate. Is that where we really want to go here? That the politicians have representatives and the very institution that they are representatives of other people for? Jeepers. I mean, it's just everything that they can do in order to rig uh, the outcome of everything to benefit the social elitists. And let's face it, most of the social elitists are on the left. They're the ones trying to pick the winners and losers and determine what rules you know this person has to go by and what rules that person has to go by, creating unequal rules, unequal playing fields for competition. It's all about being able to protect their own power and to protect their money and their money of their friends and family. Now, of course, the Republicans realizing what a big mistake they made. And pushing through the fraudulent election. Well, now the Arizona Republicans are coming out and saying, "You know what? We're going to do a forensic audit on the voting machines to determine what the out- tr- you know, legitimate outcome of the election is." Now, there's two possibilities. You know, one, they realize, "Holy crap, we made a mistake." You know, now we're going to go through and do this, but you know, then they come up with another problem. Let's say they do the forensic audit, and the and, and you know the people uh, in the governor's office forgot to clean the evidence, you know, and didn't do a very good job of scrubbing the evidence. Now, well, let's say they go in, they do the forensic audit, and they find out that four or 5% of the votes were switched, and that Biden actually lost the state of Arizona. Well, okay, maybe that will trigger other states, such as, you know, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia to do forensic audits on their voting machines. But then let's say it comes out and, you know, we conservatives are proving correct through the forensic audit. Now, I get, no, wait, you can't do a forensic audit in Georgia because they held another election. Therefore, all the evidence was destroyed. So let's say Michigan and Pennsylvania was also fraudulent at three or 4%. Biden's already in office. Biden was already installed in office. The election was certified. So what do you do at that point? What is the corrective measure if you do uh, as the results of the forensic audit confirms what we already know? That Biden was not legitimately elected and that he's a complete fraud in the White House. Is there a way, is there a mechanism in which we can remove a president if it's discovered that his installation into the White House was fraudulent? No. Instead, they'll just go, oh, shucks, they get away with it this time. You know, they got away with it, but, you know, we'll institute reforms to be able to prevent it from happening again. Well, no, we did not want you to institute laws to prevent it from happening in the future we wanted you to take action to prevent the fraudulent installation of Biden now. And so that we had the true president of the United States in the White House. Now, another thing is, is maybe they had an old crap moment. And they're not really going to do a forensic audit. But this is more of a cover your ass saying, hey, we this is the result you need to give us. We don't care how you get it. I mean, much like how the Democrats do with the science, especially climate science, you know, how scientists mostly work for the government. And if they don't give the government the results that they want in order to support the policies of the politicians in charge, how they'll cut off funding, therefore, they're going to manipulate the data in order to fit the policy agenda of that government. Well, what if the same thing happens with the forensic audit? I mean, too much time has passed in order to be able to get a legitimate result. But we're starting to see here the rigging of the election. Now, of course, we see the rhino class like Romney coming out and saying, hey, for national unity, Republicans must publicly say Biden won legitimately. So for the purpose of unity, we're supposed to lie. We're supposed to just lie our asses off for unity. You know, we're just going to roll over and claim, you know, that the fraud in the White House is legitimate all for the sake of unity. Really? Meanwhile, the Democrats are going out there trying to get everyone who ever supported uh, Trump banned from any uh, social media platform, fired from their jobs, Banned from any uh, future employment, put on lists, and blocked from ever serving in government. I don't think it's the Republicans that are the cause of disunity in this country, but of course that is another thing. That's part of the two-tiered system. You know the two-tiered system of the economy with Wall Street. You know and the re- politicians protecting Wall Street and the big businesses because they're the ones that fund the campaigns. You know the you know two-tiered system in the justice system and our politics. Well. You know, it's all part of the same fundamental problem. And then they wonder why it is we the people are increasingly frustrated with the political class, why we're completely frustrated and why there's so much rising up, at least, you know, in this particular instance with what's happening on Wall Street. And one, it's peaceful. And two, it's legal. You know, it's not like the left, you know, who made up a phony claim as to why it is they're up, you know, why it is they're upset and using that to justify burning down businesses and celebrating and advocating for the killing of anybody who supports their political rivals is not the same thing. There, but you understand, it's the frustration. The, the reason why the Democrats are insane is because they're frustrated at the result, but they're stuck in a bubble of censorship and disinformation that they, you know, that they have gone insane and they're misdirecting their rage at the wrong people because they're being manipulated by the very people that are hurting them. So we keep seeing this, but what we are going off and what the whole point uh, of all of this is, is that we're seeing the two-tiered system. It's getting frustrating. And when we see what happened on Wall Street, we all kind of celebrate the David versus Goliath story because we're sick and tired of the two-tiered system. But then They only further prove our point about the two-tiered system, as all the tech tyrants band together to help protect their wealthy friends, just like they help to protect the Democrats. Well, actually, wealthy friends, Democrats—they're one and the same. You know how they have control over every means in which to do anything with, so that they can protect their friends, their donors, their—you know—you know—their peers from we, the little people, while at the same time using those same platforms that they use to protect their rich friends and elitists, they're using those same platforms in order to knock and keep the rest of us down. Wow. Really amazing, isn't it? And while the Democrats tried to say that they, you know, they want unity while they are targeting us and Mitt Romney's going, "For the sake of unity, we must say Biden won legitimately. We must be willing to lie for the sake of unity." Meanwhile, the Democrats are also going out there and you know, once again comparing every Republican to Hitler even though it's the Democrats who have 90% of their policies in common with Hitler. You know, isn't that amazing? The Democrats, 90% of what they believe in is in line with Hitler. And yet they keep accusing we Republicans of being racist and Hitlerian. AOC has more in common with Adolf Hitler than any Republican. And of course, the elitists that set up the two-tiered system are going out there and saying, hey, you know what? We should find common ground to build bridges, and stop dividing each other. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing how those on top that have been stomping on, you know, everybody else, kicking everybody else down, keeping them down, rigging every system in our society for their benefits, see uh, people starting to rise up against them. And they're the ones that then come up and say, hey, we need to find some common ground, you know, for unity and tolerance. Well, of course, you want it because you're trying to protect a rigged system. No, you want unity? You in this country. You want to be able to have a system in which people are able to find common ground. Then how about giving us a one-tier system? The same rules for everybody, regardless of skin color, age, um, gender identity, and regardless of income level. Same rules for everybody, and not only the same rules but those rules need to be such that the government is as out of the way as possible, where the government gets out of our way and stops actively blocking us in order to protect their wealthy donors. Okay. Just one last thing. You know, as I've mentioned over time here is that I've gotten my kids out of the indoctrination camps, you know, of the school. And I keep, I keep forgetting to post a link in order for you to go through and get the same uh, system. Uh, That we go through that gives all the lesson plans and everything that you'll ever need in order to effectively homeschool uh, your kids and get them out of the indoctrination camps. Well, an article came out in the Federalist about the school in Ames, Iowa. Ames, Iowa. Now, just to let you know, that's where I live Ames, Iowa. This was the very school district that my kids were going to. Okay. And so. The article goes on, and I already know this is true because my wife still follows the school on their Facebook page for some reason, even though we pulled them out of the school, and they had announced this on their Facebook page uh, as well. But, but starting uh, next week, the school system in Ames that my kids used to attend as part of, you know, February's Black History Month plan on promoting Black Lives Matters in the school. You know, um, it goes on here, on the school district's webpage about the week of action, slated for February first through the fifth, it reprints the Black Lives Matter at School guiding principle, uh, which includes the following, and they plan on teaching this all the way down, including to preschoolers. Queer affirming, so yes, they want to teach even the preschoolers about queer identity and uh, and transgenderism. Okay, right, whatever. Black villages. And then they go off and they talk about, you know, the toolkit, you know, uh, in which they talk about George Zimmerman that even though he was Hispanic, because of his name and light skin, he had white privilege and therefore should be considered white. And they completely ignore everything. I mean, the whole Trayvon Martin and George Zimmerman, the left's, you know, fictional narrative about what happened there is just out of control. I mean, everything that the left claims. Uh, about this situation has been debunked. In fact, that's the case about 99% of shooting uh, situations, what the left's version is debunked. You know, it has been proven to be fictional and lying. but they got the 1% of the cases, and then they tried to say, see, that is emblematic of all the problems. But yet, okay, so you got 1% of the cases, but we have those exact same uh, examples with the races reversed. In fact, we got examples of every race involved in a police shooting with every race with some wrongdoing or the police, you know, acting wrong in the situation. So they, their entire narrative on the police shooting and hunting down black people and systematic racism has been already been proven complete bullshit, but they still want to promote it as if there's any truth to their claims and they're promoting it in the schools to the children, to teach them white people are bad, white people are racist because of their skins. That racism is not based off of the actions or the words that you say, but the color, skin color of the people doing or saying them, which, by the way, is the left promoting racism. But they try to say, no, 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 minorities can't be racist because, you know, racism is about, you know, control structures, not about the actual actions and words. So if a white person goes and burns down a black person's home, that is clearly racist. But if a black person goes and burns down a white person's home, well, that has, n- that, that has no race, h- hint or whiff of racism whatsoever. It's the exact same action. The only thing that changed was the skin color of, the, of who was on what end of that action. And that change in skin color went from racist to not racist. You know? So they're going through and they're promoting violent domestic terrorist groups in the school system and trying to teach the kids to try and be what they're not even, they're not talking about even talking about acceptance they're trying to tell the kids you are queer you are gender fluid the gender doesn't exist it's their anti-science indoctrination camps and that is also another big part of the reasons why we have so many problems in society today is because people aren't out there involved in fact-based education it's all political propaganda, and bastardized science, which is to say not real science. But because they are raised all the way from preschool to think this bullshit is real and legitimate, then they get into the real world and uh, what they've been told to think and what they know to be true is, does not mix. And so they go insane. So this is why I'm glad I pulled my kids out of this public school system. Otherwise, my kids would be forced to go through this liberalizing bullshit. And like I said, ever since I pulled them out of the school, they're happier. You know, they are happier and their education is going well. I mean, they're on pace to start outperforming their peers. You know, my oldest child, you know, he still has a little ways to go because when we pulled him out of the school system, he was already fairly far behind. You know, they had already tried to say, oh, no, no, he's not going to go anywhere. They were already trying to pick who the winners and losers are in grade school, in the elementary schools. They're trying to say who's going to be the winners and the losers. Amazing. You know, we have made more progress educating our kids through homeschooling than the school did. They are learning more, they are learning faster, and they are comprehending what they are learning. But if we left them in the school system, instead of getting an education, They would be subjected to this bullshit. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, so that is my analysis. Man, I mean, I've tried to cut down on how many articles I would go through and talk about in a single episode. Trying to keep this down to that 20 minute mark, and I'm failing because, well, I, I just like to talk. You know, I got a lot to say, you know, on, you know, give me one or two subjects, and I guess I could go on for an hour. And here it was, I was going around trying to pick out you know, 20, 30 topics per episode, you know, uh, six months ago. (laughs) You know, never got around to all of it, but yeah. Okay. So anyways, that's it uh, for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, leave me a rating and a review and share this around on whatever sites will allow you to post the link to this podcast too. All right. So go ahead, uh, do that. Recommend this. You know, the best way for us to be able to fund the conservative movement is to raise up conservative voices, not just stick to those who have been at the top, especially those that, you know, seem questionable, as questionable as the rhinos, you know, especially since they're intent on making sure that you have to follow them on a platform that financially benefits the left. Hmm. Anyways, you know, go ahead, recommend this uh, to to everybody you know. Go out and do me a favor over the weekend, try to find two or three more podcasts out there you know, who have very small audience at this moment, you know, go ahead, find them, listen to, a you know, one, two, three episodes of theirs, you know, and judge for yourself whether or not, you know, they have good views, good presentations, you know, talk in a way that you like to listen, you know, and that you think, you know, would be pretty good, and then help share their content as well. All right. As you know, I will be back again soon.